ADHD kidnapped my wife. It's lucky I've got Dr. Die. We love her. We, <laughs> we love do. Her. We love Dr. Die. <laughs> Dr. Die snorting. <laughs> Dr. Die does a lot of snorting. Not One in a tape. bad way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going gloriously. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Fuck Them Fish, ADHD for grown-ups. This is the podcast for people with ADHD, people who are lucky enough to have motorbikes and people with ADHD in their life, and also people who think they might have ADHD and are looking for some more information. And oh my goodness, we got you covered today. We are very excited today because we have a special guest with us. We have the one, the only, <laughs> Dr. Die in the house. <laughs> hey, Thank Dr. you very Dye. much. Auntie Dr. Die, as we like to call her. <laughs> Auntie Dr. Die, I love it. The red carpet is out. I mean, it's pink, it's but pink. yes. It's a yoga mat. No, it, it's, it's fantastic. Out. You don't yeah. need to do anything special sure. for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited and I'm very honoured. Thank you. Well, we are incredibly excited that you've taken time out of your very, very, very busy surgical schedule to come and join us today. So thank you. Fridays are a good day when they end on time. Yes, yes. (laughs) So we are so happy to have you with us, Dr. Dye. So, I mean, we don't have to call you Dr. Dye all the way through. Would you prefer just Dye? Dye's fine. Okay, cool. Um, So for those of you who might be first time with Fuck Them Fish, Dr. Dye is our incredible... GP, or for our listeners who are in the US, we call a GPA... Primary care physician. There we go. Perfect. I was going to say MD. Internist. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're all doctors. Do but has a... <laughs> the often family medicine or the primary care physician is, for adults, um, can be anyone, really, if you have a special... Cardiac condition, your cardiologist is your primary care physician. So oh, really? So I'd be no family one... medicine. Yeah. Ah, so what do people like? Okay, sorry, we've kind of started. Can we go to the SideQuest? Lucky, do you want to do your amazing SideQuest jingle? That thought we already recorded that, didn't we? We did, we did record it. But I want to hear it live. <laughs> no pressure. I've gone into meltdown. <laughs> Pack your bags, it's time to go. It's time to digress from the show. It's SideQuest. SideQuest. It's SideQuest. Digress. Digress. <laughs> yeah. So, I legitimately... So, if for a kid then, or when you grow your up... Your pediatrician like in... is your primary care physician. You, um, and you see a pediatrician until you're 18. 18. You don't okay. see a, a GP, per se. Maybe in small, smaller towns. Um... But it depends on how your the health insurance you're yeah, with organizes it because it's a very different system to Medicare. Yeah, and actually that's going to be relevant to some of what we're talking about today because some of our questions have come from people in the US. I can try my best. Yes. Yeah, well, that's I all can we also can do. Google later and get yeah. back to you. <laughs> and we are big fans of live Googling. So, you know, if you need a quick live Google, we've both got phones. It's absolutely fine. Um, we also have a cat that is determined, not the usual pod cat. This is uh, Rosa Diaz trying to get involved today. Normally she's like, go away, I do not want to be involved with humans. But today she's like, oh, you guys are doing something, let me be involved, thanks. That's because I smell fantastic because I have two dogs and a cat. Yeah, she um, she got loved way too hard as a kitten and so she's not, not interested at all generally. We do have a lot of questions that have come today. So as you know, I went out on social media. Well, you didn't know until I until you got here and I told you. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go out on social media. So I went out on TikTok and Instagram and just asked people if they had any questions for you. Got a shit ton of messages uh, from people. And the overwhelming theme of most of those messages is my GP doesn't believe me. My GP won't refer me. Or my psychiatrist or my psychologist doesn't believe in adult ADHD. So I'd like us to dig down. I wish we had a camera still on because your face when I just said that was brilliant. But before we get into all of that, why don't we talk a little bit and get to know Di? Okay. Yeah, you happy with that? So obviously accent. 
Yeah, so um, Australian-American, so yeah. mum, Oz, dad, yank. And <laughs> the other cat just joined us. Sorry. I thought she was going to go on your head. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so my mother was with the Australian Embassy in the US in Washington, yeah. D.C. when she met my dad. So, and then she worked for the World Bank, so back and forth between the two countries. Um, and depending who I'm talking to, my accent will change. Oh, same. Yeah. yeah. Um, my mother used to have fun playing pick an accent and try it. So, <laughs> But mimicry is a big ADHD thing now. If yeah. only we'd known then what we know now. Yes, I'm very, I can be quite good at it. Um, yeah. So that's the accent. I was born in Washington, D.C., so I, I can technically run for president of the United States. I would vote. Yeah. I'm not allowed to, no. but I would. Yeah, yeah. never. Never I'm going to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we moved home to Australia. So I grew up my formative years, 10 through 21. Um, my parents then split. Dad went back to the U.S. Mum stayed here. They each wanted to be in their own country. And... I actually went to the U.S. when I was 21 because my dad offered to pay for uni if I wow. wanted to get to know my other country as an adult. And I went, yeah, sure. Oh, sure. yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Why yes, not? Um, I mean, you live in Canberra now. I mean, like, it's the dream yeah. for many of us to go work in Washington or live in Washington, D.C. at some point. Yeah. yeah. I was there when it was murder capital of the world. So oh. that was, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not Yeah, very... Uh, I used to take my dog when I was doing my master's degree and at the lab, uh, the dog would sit outside the lab door because there were two stairwells down a hallway. And if you didn't lock, if you didn't close the doors to the building properly, because it was built in 32, yeah, uh, they would stay open and oh, people God. would just wander in and... Yeah. My dog would be sitting there watching and he'd get up and he'd growl as soon as somebody came up and the security guys would always, they would see the light onto the lab, know I was there, come up, have a little look down the hole closest to the lab, go back around to the other stairwell to then go through the rest of the building. My goodness, there's a so, whole other life there. Yeah, I just, because it was just too dangerous sometimes. Wow. I was there till late at night. That's so. terrifying. So you've got a master's as well. So do you want to... Yeah. Okay, so you you very lovingly said I was a qualified psychologist. Yes, and you um, did contact me straight away <laughs> and let me know that I was wrong. Yep. So I have a bachelor's degree in biology. I have a minor in psychology. The yep. reason I have the minor is I didn't finish... I didn't do a four-credit animal behaviour lab, which would have gotten me the major... But at the time, I could graduate with a minor and the major in biology because that's what I actually wanted was the biology major. And I had been offered a um, graduate teaching fellowship on the biology department as wow. part of to do my master's. So they pay two years. So this is in the U.S. at a private university, so lots of money. Which, a billion squillion dollars or something. Yeah, so yeah. spending an extra semester to pay... $10,000 to do a four-credit animal behaviour lab. And the whole reason I actually did psychology was because I didn't... I always wanted to know how other people think. Yeah. Okay. Because they don't think like me. Yeah. And I, as a child, struggled mm -hmm. in a lot of ways with friendships and stuff. But I knew I was kind of different. Um uh, so I just wanted to learn about how brains worked. Yeah. So I did psychology degree. Amazing. Because that's what big nerds do, and I yeah. am a big nerd. Same. Twinsies. So. I was just going to say, I feel like I know Dr. Die better than you because I found all that on Google. <laughs> did what you? Because there was two things. There was the, the Dr. Die who had done the minor in psychology, and I was like, found all that. And then there was the other one that was Diana Kirk author is a hussy and I was like probably not that one no no not <laughs> probably that not one. that one I'm gonna yeah, go back to the, I'm gonna go back to well. the other, yeah. other Diana Kirk yeah I'm not that good at writing um because yeah. I have dyslexia but anyway we'll get on to that one and so then I did a master's in biology specifically developmental toxicology right. and then I was teaching at the same time so I wow. taught biology for science majors biology for non-science majors 
histology development and I did a bit of genetics too. Histology is? Histology is, you know, when you have a a lump removed from Mm -hmm. your skin and they say they're sending it off for somebody to look at it, slice it up and look at it under a microscope. That's what a histologist does. We slice Mm -hmm. things up and then look at them under, at the cellular level. At that stage, I really wanted to go into medicine. And I was, I was in the U.S. still, and when I started my master's, I was single, um, living with my best friend. Living the dream. Yeah. And I was actually going to finish my master's and apply for an MD-PhD program at the University of Colorado, and I wanted to do reproductive endocrinology. Yep. And then I was going to come back home to Australia, because Australia's always been home. I know Yay. my dog's breakfast of an accent, but... Um, this is where I really grew up and this is where I feel home, yeah. you know. Well, we're glad you did. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, I just wanted to do psychology because I just wanted to learn about brains yeah. and I liked the psychology and I thought, well, if I need to know how brains work because people do and are very, do strange things and they don't think like I do, so why do they not do that? So mm. had I had I known... Now, if I could, you know, I'd say just, oh, God, suck it up and do the the four crit. But my goal was MD, PhD, and then back home. Okay. And did you do the MD, PhD? No. No, okay. No. So during my first semester, um, my best friend turned into my fiancé and then my husband within the space of two months. (laughs) And then I got pregnant and I wasn't supposed to be able to get pregnant. I have polycystic ovaries. And the February, the following February, 96. So we got married October 95. He went to Africa and was doing PhD courses there. And he come back and I was telling him my plan. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to be leaving. And and I said, then you should rent this place out and you should have other people here and then I'm leaving. Yeah. (laughs) I still remember turning around and seeing him in the doorway, sitting there on the kitchen chair, just looking at me. And I was like, why is he looking so strange? What does that face mean? And then it went from there. So, yes, it was all, wow. everything kind of. That's very rom-com. Oh, it was weird. That's so, <laughs> isn't it, though? It's like, it's like that whole rom-com of someone's, you know, you have to quickly run as they're going to the airport or, <laughs> you know, like your best friends and then, you know, they're about to marry someone else or some other thing's happening and you're like, I can't let them go. <laughs> That's amazing. A couple of times about your brain, other people's brains not working like yours. Did you want to talk so, about it? So I, I actually knew fairly early on that my father was dyslexic he was actually tested in the 1940s his sister was 16 years older than him and she went to uni during world war ii while his older brothers were in the navy so she was doing a teaching degree and one of the lecturers was actually starting the study of this stuff at this bowling green university in the middle of ohio um so she took her baby brother in who's a about nine or ten to be tested and that's where she actually found out he had dyslexia and then one of her sons but um so I'd known about it but then you know my I'm 54 my parents my mum was is in her 90s now um anyone knows her don't say anything she's (laughs) still 39 yeah um (laughs) But the idea was if you're dyslexic, there's something wrong with your brain. And she would say, shh, we don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, so things that people get wrong in terms of dyslexia, things like you can't read. No, that's not true. I actually started reading at the age of three, but my comprehension level is to a year 10 level. Right. So I re I learn slower from the written word and I have dyslexia is also hooked in it's not just a visual thing but that's a a part of it it's also an auditory thing so I read lips there are certain sounds I can't quite hear and when I was tested at 50 um that's when uh, the the testing was amazing which is how I learned where my deficits are and where my strengths are has that testing just as a concept has that testing for dyslexia 
changed dramatically or is it still pretty similar? Oh my god, it's changed. changed. It's huge. The the differences are are, you know, so much bigger. I was going to look up my test, I mean, I still have a co- my tests and what the things, but if anybody wants to know, I can send you what other tests are to do. Yeah, that'd be great. But it was actually sort of a friend of mine who's a PhD in psychology, and I was saying, oh, my God, how do I go about getting tested because I've been requested as a registrar to for the Royal College to go get the testing done. You, need, you go through speech pathology first. Now, I did a very detailed formalized, so I did nine hours worth of testing. Wow. Because I'm so much older. Is that one sitting? No, no, no. That, I was so going to say, that's... Three hours speech pathology, yeah. and it was actually the speech pathologist who picked up on the ADHD and said mm. to me, because um, she was reading something to me as part of this thing and I had gone off and she looked at me and she said where did you go I said oh because I actually got the testing done up in Sydney for the speech and I said oh well I read it I suddenly remembered did I in fact remember to do the um pay for parking here but then I realized that you don't have paid for parking and I actually had to pay for parking when I was in Mossman this morning but I did pay for the parking so it's okay (laughs) there are so many people listening right now going oh yeah (laughs) and she she just looked at me and she said Di has anyone ever said to you you might have ADHD I went what no what I have dyslexia (laughs) I know I have dyslexia um so because I had been, I had, during med school, I'd had a, a short three-hour neuropsych test done to find my dyslexia. But I have created so many um, alternative ways mm-hmm. of coping strategies, strategies yeah. that actually many of them are regarding the ADHD not in some of them are the dyslexia as well but many of them are regarding the ADHD that I the basic three-hour test couldn't catch me on it mm-hmm. um because I tested too high yeah so I they were testing me at a low enough level that I could do everything that right. was not a problem so that's why when I talked to the the friend of mine who's a PhD was, she said, oh, no, 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 you got to do this. So yeah. I did the three-hour speech pathology and then I did two days, three hours each day with a neuropsychologist. And so she didn't have to deal with the dyslexia, but she dealt with, assessed the ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. I thought that was due to my dyslexia, you yeah. know, playing yeah. music. Isn't it funny when a medical professional says, hey, you know what, you've got ADHD, right? You know, you know, hey, hey, <laughs> you've got ADHD, right? I mean, that sounds familiar, right? I don't know if oh, my doctor did that to me ever. at all. <laughs> I thought I was very gentle. You were very gentle. You let me have, what, three or four years before you were like, all right, come on, come on <laughs> Well, you you would say certain things, and that's what I do, and that's part. Of, that's not my ADHD. That's my Asperger's. So I also have Asperger's. So um, my I used to think I was Leonard. I love Big Bang Theory. Big Bang, yeah. And and in fact, I am Sheldon. Yeah, I'm not even Amy <laughs> Farrah Fowler, and my PhD is in neuroscience, just like the character. But yeah. I am Sheldon and I can wholly understand. Like the reason I'm sitting on the left side of the couch. That's your spot. Yeah, left side spot. of the couch is my spot. That's your spot. Yeah. I sat yeah. there and I was going to let Quinton sit you here were and I thought very I was uncomfortable on that side. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> so we did take a little bit of a video of the intro. So we might just uh, show people the, the way we're set up here. Because <laughs> this is also a perfect. It's very cosy, right? It's a proper triangle, which yeah. means yeah. then I can look at you and and I can yeah. look at um yeah I can see both of you and, and engage in conversation with you both because yeah. that's what people say you have to do you have to have yeah. eye contact yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tend to have very intensive eye contact sometimes people get a little scared <laughs> so all right so just summing that up for everyone then so thank you for being so incredibly honest with us um so Dr Dai is my GP just 
Just uh, just bringing that back to everyone. Dr. Die is our GP. I was sorry. Say, you can't claim that. Lucky was like literally just <laughs> banging on his microphone for his turn to say, it's not just yours. Um, so, our GP, Dr. Die is the person who um, forced me to face up to my neurodivergence in a very gentle and loving way. Um, while With we lots were. Lots of staring. Yeah, lots of. <laughs> <laughs> but you also are a neurodivergent person yourself. Yep. Yeah, and I'm very do. honest about that. Sorry, yeah. I, I talk to all my patients. I warn them. There are yeah. certain things that, with being a doctor, that I don't cope with because of my Asperger's. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very honest and upfront. Yeah. I don't hide it. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful. It really actually takes a lot of people to, you know, in positions of authority or leadership or knowledge or expertise to be open about that stuff. There's a lot of, um, you know, public discourse at the moment. Oh, everyone's got ADHD now or everyone's got autism, whatever. And, you know, obviously we talked in, in episode two about the interplay between ADHD and autism spectrum disorder, which includes what, you know, the artist formerly known as Asperger's, Asperger's. Um, and I think it's, you know, really important that we, you know, acknowledge that because it's what, up to 80%. Of, yeah, yeah, so dyslexia, ADHD, and Asperger's goes together. So yeah. um, Einstein, yeah, dyslexia. I don't know we have dyslexia. ADHD. His wife, his first wife, was also a physicist. She would do all the reading research oh, and I write his that. papers. Yes. So I, I think you told me that. Actually. Yeah, probably yeah, me. Yeah. Um, because I'm a big one to explain when people think neurodivergence neurotypical they'll go oh they they jump to intellectual disability but if i say okay einstein had dyslexia adhd and asperger's um so mm. what do you think of him yeah oh but it, yeah. i said that's what made him able mm-hmm. to be a theoretical physicist because yeah. he was picturing things mm-hmm. in his mind and and using his ability to see things in three dimensional so i do the same thing with biology mm-hmm. so when people talk to me or they ask about a liver or a brain so you talk about brain right now i've got a brain that i'm sitting and holding yeah. and with highlighted areas and you know, autism tends to be temporal lobe and yeah. connections. And that's my strength with having a different brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. I do the same thing. Obviously, I do not work in the medical field at all, but I work a lot in, um, I work in an executive position as well. And, you know, I work with design thinking, human-centered design, all those types of things. But really, I, I, I problem solve, right? I, I design stuff or implement programs to help people and solve problems, generally social problems. So, you know, I do exactly the same. I build maps. I I have this full diagram in my head of where everybody fits into it, where the gaps are, what's missing, how do we, how do we, you know, like, what is the problem? Because people don't spend enough time looking at the problem before they jump to solutionizing. Probably not a word, but, you know, we say it a lot. Um, But, yeah, so... Twitchy eyes. <laughs> my mother was a is an English pedant. Ah, so okay. when we first moved to Australia, my you know, I'd come home and say, "Oh, good night, mum. How's it going?" Yeah, she'd say, "Good afternoon, mother. <laughs> and how are we today?" <laughs> so the odd, the odd, or the odd, odd word where you could put I E R yep. to verb. Putting yeah. an I, a T I O N at the end. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. still, every time my mother's voice comes to the back. Yeah. <laughs> and it, we should say as well, we are, we're being quite civilized tonight. We've got wine and gin and all sorts of things happening. So God knows where we're going to end up. <laughs> I am super keen to, like, we've got a bunch of questions from listeners, as you okay. know, and from our social media. Um, Lucky, you're not talking much. He does this. He's like, no, I'm listening. And I'm like, no, no, it's actually more engaging when you join in. Oh, I've um, got my questions. Yeah. Yep, yep. I definitely have my questions. We'll, we'll, but we'll take turns. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're fighting with you I'm already, used to be the tell. lecturer, so <laughs> I will. Yeah. Um, but I think it's super important. The reason we wanted to spend that time talking about who you are and where you've come from is because I think it is super important to explain the context in why you are such a ND ally, as I've been calling you, um, you know, because you get it, 
you have lived experience, you have professional expertise, you have um, a whole depth of knowledge and understanding and patience and persistence in a way that I don't think, certainly uh, listening to the conversations and seeing the comments that we've had come through, it's not typical. No, no. And I know from from talking with other um, medicos, so... Yeah. I don't think of myself as a medico. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm a biologist, scientist first, yeah. and I do medicine. Yeah. So every problem I, I look at from what is the biology happening? Mm-hmm. What's going on at this point? And I have an unsubmitted PhD in neuroscience and I've taught neuropsych labs at ANU. I like labs better than lecturing because... Yeah. Um, so uh, sorry, sorry, an unsubmitted PhD. PhD. So you've done all of the. Uh, I've done it. I've published the main part of it, but mm-hmm. I um, had my midlife crisis and then did medical school. So I was forty-two when I did medicine. Oh wow! That's amazing. Yeah, but so it's 2010. all those other things. I mean, imagine how different it would be if you'd just gone straight into medicine, right? You maybe wouldn't have this, you know, yeah, the breadth think... and the depth. No, that you no. Have. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 done a lot of learning, mm-hmm. um, which I love. There's four publications. I saw them on the Google, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's a lot of eye stuff," because I know retina. Yeah. So most of my my public my uh, masters was in heart, but we didn't end up publishing it because I left the country, and oh, came to Australia, so okay. I didn't publish my masters. It's it's there at George Washington, um, and that was looking at dopamine's role in heart cell determination in vertebrate embryos. That dopamine wow. just wants dopamine, to get in the way of everyone. Dopamine is all over the bloody place. Mm. Yeah. Right. So. Mm. All right, well, shall okay. we go in with the first question? Let's give it a go. If I don't know, um, yeah. as I tell, used to tell my students, if I don't know it, I'm not going to bullshit. Good. Nah. Yeah, we love not bullshit. Yeah, so yeah. I will find out. See, what Lockie and I normally say at the, at the top of this, of an episode, is we like to say we are not experts, but we unfortunately can't say that about you because <laughs> <laughs> you are our expert. However, we don't expect, like, there's there's a real thing about experts have to know everything. I actually oh, think no, no. vulnerability, authenticity, you know, all that type yeah. of stuff is really important. And, and what we know, we know. What we don't know, we don't know, no. right? No. What uh, will happen is you'll get out, you'll get in the car, and you'll start driving, you'll go, shit, that's what the answer was. Probably. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. For me, it's usually about 4 o'clock in the morning. I was going to say, you'll lay awake at 4 o'clock yeah. in the morning, and it'll bother you for about four hours, and then... Oh, yeah. I've called patience the next day mm-hmm. because I'd seen them a week ago and just underneath kept bubbling away. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd say, yeah. I don't have it. I'm thinking about it. You need to give me some time. Yeah. And then I'd have the practice call and say, give them, tell them, tell them, <laughs> uh, Di's figured it out. <laughs> so can you come in and see her? All right. Okay. So let's this go. is a long one because it is, but it's a story. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and when I put this on the M Salation, as you know, it's my it's my uh, my favorite podcast. But when I put it on their Facebook group, um, and I said, "Look, I'm going to speak to this. I know there's been a few people in here who've had some challenges. Very happy to ask questions on your behalf." And so, this is the story. I will cut out the bits that I can. So I think I am ADHD. While getting my son's diagnosis, I was ticking those boxes right beside him, listening to M, reading my old school report cards, online quizzes, reading up on it just keeps confirming it. So I took the plunge, found a psychiatrist and have an appointment in December. Who cares if I have to travel seven hours? I live in regional Australia. You do what you got to do. So go to the GP to get a referral. I don't have a regular GP as it's hard to get into any hashtag privilege. We've talked about this a few times before. They never stick around and I rarely get sick, so I just book into whoever. So I go in, bit nervous, feeling very exposed, rattling off all my symptoms and express my concerns. And he says, this is the example of the overwhelming thing, just so you know, Di. You can't have ADHD as you can't get to 38 without a diagnosis as it would have been picked up by now. And I was not fidgeting enough or trying to touch everything like an ADHD person. I'm sorry, I thought we'd move past the red cordial boys from our childhood. (laughs) 
told me I am depressed and stressed. No, I'm not. So took the referral to a counsellor and will go find another GP who will listen. Thankfully, the psychiatrist will make a re- an appointment without the referral and you just need to be- bring it with you. But what the fuck? I didn't argue. I just sat there and wanted to cry. So how do I find a younger GP who will listen? Not to mention the cost. Uh, okay. So if you're... It's a lot there. R- rural area. It, it's not unusual and... And even looking at some of the medical texts, so here's the difference between psychology and the research done in psychology, who actually developed all of the testing protocols, mm-hmm. so all of the, the specific tests for ADHD. Um, the, the thing is, is that what's taught in medicine is actually quite bare minimum, especially in GP. You they don't get the training they mm-hmm. don't get the understanding you haven't had to do neuropsych you you don't really have that background and understanding and so it's not unusual it's not unusual for uh older medicos not to understand that girls especially females are the ones who have been missed because we classify female behaviors as take the idea of the female from the Victorian era, okay, yep. where you had to sit still, you had to be chatty. Yep. So ADHD is great if you have quiet, hyperactive, but you are distractible. You will tend to be a little bit more chatty in areas where you feel comfortable or you've learned how to mask. But you'll tend to be chattier, mm-hmm. and that's. Girl behavior, that's what you need because females should be chatty. You should be socializing and having, you know, social your, butterfly. Social butterfly, that's mm. it, social butterfly. So one of the things that we miss and psychiatrists have missed in, in some ways not clarifying this with the, the DSM-3, the DSM-4 and the DSM-5 is it's ADHD is actually two things. So it is attention deficit. That's Mm -hmm. one category. And then it's hyperactivity disorder. What is your level of hyperactivity? So I have quiet hyperactivity, and I'll I'll tend to go back to me. I've never heard that term before. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm quiet. So when I'm listening, and we talked about this, I I fiddle with my – my wedding ring is a Russian wedding ring. So I fiddle with that to help me focus. So I'm moving, but I'm not moving – yeah, obstructively. Yeah. yeah, but my distractibility is quite severe. But so that's my what hyper we call the inattentive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I have severe distractibility, quiet hyperactivity, and a lot of people still. I mean, my, this is my age group again. I'm 54, so my age group dys, dyslexia was just being acknowledged mm-hmm. in the US in 1990. And the American Disabilities Act was um, co-written by my cousin who's dyslexic. He was one of the authors Your family. Somebody <laughs> needs to write a book, seriously. Yeah. But yeah. so one of the things was that the U.S. was better at bringing the psychology in and actually looking at it. And he was a psychologist, so that worked out well. Um but the ADHD was just naughty boys. It yeah. was the red yeah. cordial. Yeah, the yeah. red cordial, the naughty boys, because they're they just have to move and they can't not move and they can't learn. Mm-hmm. We used to have in psychology back in my day. <laughs> we used to talk about gardeners' intelligences. So there were seven intelligences, and one was a kinesthetic intelligence. Yes. So somebody who had to move to learn. So you're watching me here. I have to talk with my hands. Same. Yeah. I don't. If I'm trying to describe something, mm-hmm. then I'm trying to show yeah. you with my hands and build a picture and, and everything. And, again, I'm not artistic. I'm autistic. I have no artistically <laughs> dead from the neck up. Um, <laughs> so it's it's about this fact that it's outside of a lot of people's comfort zone. Yeah. In the same way, um, autism in females was not really understood or diagnosed until Tony Atwood, who's a PhD in Queensland, who said, no, 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 these girls, you know, these girls are, they've got Asperger's, you know, Um, before we we had to change one word, diag, 
Yes, yes. Yes. Lockie's just so stoked that you're saying that. Well, well, now that I understand it's not diagesis, which is what I thought it was, it's diagesis, yes, yes, instead of no. I get it now. But, again, autistic, slow at getting the joke sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Ask my family. It's like they're all like this and I... (laughs) 4 a.m. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly it. Um. So what we have is a lot of people who, do, you know, medicine is general practice, especially it's general. It's yeah. you've yeah. got to know a little bit about everything. Yeah. And you can see now that there's more GPs who will sort of specialize in women's health or mm-hmm. in men's health yeah. or in maternity. But we don't have that specialty mm. in terms of, of people focusing on um neurodivergence yeah so and and having an understanding of it so it's just not well taught it's not well understood and I've had the same thing in talking with GPs around me yeah in having to explain a lot of this and explain the dyslexia versus the ADHD how it affects me taking exams for example Mm -hmm. and then versus the the Asperger's and yeah some will get sort of oh but the Asperger's it means I'm like no no, it just means I'm a huge nerd I'm Sheldon okay (laughs) I am just Sheldon yeah but it's it's important for her to understand that 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 generalized medicine hasn't take hasn't branched out it's slowly doing mm-hmm. that but we've got to sort of develop better education so how and- how might she then like we 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 mentioned on podcast sorry lucky you're also I doing just, this like, in, with the way the way you I'm, I'm thinking i'm gonna frame this the same way and i was just thinking like as you were speaking is there a way to find a gp that specializes in a thing or it's a matter of just shopping around so for a lot of gp practices have websites and the gp will list their favorite oh, stuff um, I know that. yeah so i i'm not the the general practice i work is does, doesn't have a website because it just say diana kirk sheldon yeah, yeah. yeah. mine would say that well um, to be fair yours would say does all the things callie needs so, um endometriosis <laughs> polycystic ovaries um neurodivergence <laughs> Because that's that's I guess that's a good tip that we can pass over is that yeah. to shop around, look yeah. up for I mean, GPs that specialise. She lives in regional specialize. Australia, so yeah, that makes it yeah. difficult. Telehealth, telehealth, but um, telehealth could work. Part of it is because she hasn't, she doesn't get sick, but she's not doing general checkups. So is she getting her cervical smear done regularly? Mm. Is she getting how depending how old she is, is she getting thirty eight. Thirty eight. So blood's done two to five years just to monitor what's her family history like because part of the role of the GP is not don't wait until you're sick or you're actually being taken to hospital. I feel yeah. like I'm being to- told off. You're yeah. not, sweetie. You're not. Because that wasn't me. You're not. You're, um, you're not unusual. My my husband did not go to see a GP and then went, and he has a family history of essential hypertension. Yeah. And he happened to come, and I was at this one. I was working at A and U, and he came up and told me what his blood pressure was, and that he told his GP it was okay. Don't worry, <laughs> and I lost it. So I sent him back to the GP. He was to start medication. My the professor of the department walked out and said, "Is he still alive?" Yeah. And I said, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's about the fact that we've got to see medicine not as the crisis thing, see general practice as getting used to people because that's what helped me. Yeah. Help with me. you. Yeah. Well, also, we were going through a lot with the kid, right? So yeah. we were there with you a lot. And also, I was just like, good, I've got endometriosis and life's shit. Yeah. And I'm here for you. Oh, look, it's probably endometriosis again. And I've got it in my eye now and everywhere else. <laughs> oh, now I've got pneumonia. <laughs> Do you remember those days yeah. where work were like, you need to go and get yourself sorted because you sound like shit? And I was like, I'm probably fine. Yeah. And then I came to you and you were like, well, and you have pneumonia. <laughs> Please may I listen to your line. Yeah. But that's the thing is, is 
if there's if, being in rural remote Australia is really really hard yeah. and really hard. but it's also about the fact that if you if your child has a diagnosis mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is a genetic it is a genetic it thing. It had to come from somewhere, right? Yeah. Had to. So I usually, but that's when I usually turn to the parent and they're like, oh, my child. And the teachers told me to bring the child in because there's possible dyslexia. And I said, okay. Um, so what's the father's reading like? And does he do special things? Oh, but. Oh, I do that. Yes. Mum. I can see it in my family, 100%. Get, guess what? And his family, love yeah. his family as well. Yeah, 100%. I get my ADHD from my mother yep. and the dyslexia and the Asperger's from my father. Yeah. So they each gave me yeah. a bit of everything and shared it beautifully. I mean, that's nice, right? Yeah. Sharing is caring Sharing and all is that. caring. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so... Um, Oh, my phone's just gone into quiet mode. <laughs> so ADHD coping strategies, I put my phone into quiet mode and then... I just ignore quiet mode (laughs) every time. But it means that it's gone nine o'clock. It comes back to, like, from a practical perspective, what she can do and to whether or not she can. Does she have to travel seven hours? Can she actually say, contact yourself? I know it's not yourself. I'm sorry. I should probably say just AGP and say, hey, I saw on your website you specialise in. We're in the same state is it possible to get a telehealth appointment for you to assess me enough to refer me for an ADHD assessment? Um, you could, can ask. There are restrictions in terms of telehealth rebates through Medicare. Yep. So Medicare will not rebate a telehealth appointment that's over 20 minutes. So what's a 23 or Schedule B, not a Schedule C. Okay. So anything 20 to four over 20 minutes... Um, Medicare says they won't rebate. And you're probably going to need more you're than 20 need, minutes. You're going to need, yeah. However, if a person's prepared to pay it without a Medicare rebate, is that a yeah. thing? Yeah. You so, can... Because, honestly, we're looking at $2,500 for an assessment, as I may have mentioned once or twice, and it's not the same everywhere in Australia. And I've seen yeah. some people have come back and say, hey, there was somebody running a clinic. We're in Victoria. Somebody ran a clinic and we paid five hundred dollars. Me and my sister both got assessed within two weeks, and I'm like, "Holy shit! Yeah, that is not the norm, and that's amazing, and we need more of that." Um, I mean, they'd be inundated, but like the old COVID testing yeah. clinics, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that, people would be lined about the door. Well, there's a there's a there was one clinic that was in Tasmania that would do telehealth. Um, psychiatry and so i sent a few patients there i've heard their about this somebody list, else has talked about it. their wait list is now 12 months oh wow um but they do a complete testing and analysis because you also need to remember when you're when your brain is wired differently mm-hmm. you can have bipolar for example and adhd mm-hmm. and one of the things that i like to talk about about getting a proper testing done and proper analysis is that if you in fact do have bipolar Mm -hmm. then we start you on a stimulant medication you're going to go off your rocker without a mood stabilizer yeah so for me well i know it's 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 shitty (laughs) yeah um it is about getting a proper diagnosis to make sure before somebody starts you on medication and like i have i have very strict protocols for starting Mm -hmm. people on (laughs) medication and you know i make because of the fact that you are more likely to have something Mm -hmm. else as well because your brain is wired differently or fantastic stage it we're further along the evolutionary curve i'm just saying just 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 <laughs> throwing up. it out there we've leveled, we've leveled up. up yeah we've leveled up we've leveled up i th- i th- i mean i have a lot of ideas behind that but let's not digress i desperately to want a side question so <laughs> <laughs> you have to do it another time yeah um, okay so i'd really suggest sort of looking at um, other GPs, rural remote, you're more likely to get support. You may have to pay, and I uh, look about two hundred something dollars if you do an hour with a GP with no rebate. Okay. I have done our and uh, I, I do some other GP work besides regular 
regular GP. Yeah. And for an hour, it's $200. We take sort of the rebate off and just say, this is what you have to pay as a gap. Yeah. Okay. To see me for an hour. Yeah. Um, the other thing with Medicare mm-hmm. and telehealth is the thing is a GP doing a proper job should, in fact, have the person and do a first history get all the family history, make sure covering everything else mm-hmm. because you want to actually cover if the person does have ADHD, has anxiety, yeah. you can look at treating. It's not about saying, you know what, sod it, we'll just do whatever and get a diagnosis and everything's going to be rainbows. Yeah. Absolutely. to do it properly yeah. and to make sure you're doing everything right. Medicare also says you can't do telehealth with a patient mm-hmm. that you haven't physically seen in the practice once at least in the 12 months. Oh. So there are restrictions. Okay. So, for example, during covid few of us were throwing little wobblies because we were trying went to keep... for more than 12 months. Well, yeah, people hadn't... We hadn't seen them physically and then they couldn't... We, For our practice, we shut it down because yeah. we didn't have the ability to work from home. So the practice became the work from home and then in the afternoons I would do home visits. I yeah. decked out the back of my car as a PC2 lab and I would go and examine people. So you are a regular superhero. Yeah, no. you are. No, yeah, I just know how to do it. I used to work in That's... BLS three labs, so it's it's yeah. I know how to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's nothing. No, um, it's not nothing. Let to, to everybody make I stop. <laughs> stop it! Hang on, hang on. I have a button. Yeah, it's for you, Doctor Die. Only Doctor Die. You can't downplay it because I'm telling you, so many people do not have a GP that listens to them or that can do any of those things you've said. So or would not even allow go you to far. downplay it. I would even go yeah. that far to to offer that further assistance. Well, if I, if I, I can't do, if I can't figure out what somebody has over the phone, I have to go examine yeah. them. I have to actually lay hands and, and have look at them and, 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 and yeah. assess them, you know, cover yeah, from course. head to toe. And, um, but yeah, that's just what I have. Old mate, have to do. old mate motorbike. Old mate motorbike. I, Always, I honestly, drives past. I think it's fantastic. I love it. I, I wait for it in when I'm listening <laughs> when to the you podcast. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Where's oh, the motorbike coming in? There it is. Um, yeah, look around. Know that there are restrictions, that GPs are restricted by what they're allowed to do by Medicare to give you a rebate for certain things. Some GPs are doing rings on the roundabout. He He's doing like I think he knows. <laughs> is it the Quinton? Podcast. Is no, Quinton? <laughs> no, Quinton does not have a motorbike. <laughs> He's one dropped of off s- and now he's doing laps. Us, yeah. <laughs> one of our sons does. just drives me. I breathe heavily, but oh, that's okay. yeah, I can imagine. Um, but try and, and find it's it's not necessarily young GPs. Sometimes it's some no, GPs who absolutely. have who have children with ADHD. But then some GPs who have children with ADHD still see it as an intellectual disability yeah. and something that says, like, you can't go into medicine. Okay. You know. So there's really not an easy answer. No. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. We can edit this out if we need. Um, we can edit all of this out. If yeah. we need. Um, but if this person, for example, were to say, I am so desperate, I'm prepared to pay whatever to get somebody just to listen to me, could could we give them a number? <laughs> <laughs> um we we could talk about it. Yeah, we okay. we we'll have to seriously. We we are on the band of bed. let's make Doctor Die the Australian neurodivergent Traveling GP specialist. of choice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, <laughs> sorry around my yeah. <laughs> We don't um, have to talk. To that. No, I, I have to find out. To be honest, Let, yeah. let's be. I'd have to find out that. Um, yeah. Well, I can't diagnose ADHD. No, as I you tell can't. you, all, That's right. I yeah. I understand but it. You can I can, and I I have taught about it yep. at the university level. Oh, really? I didn't realize. Neuropsych. Of course. Duh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. 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 No, I don't expect you to remember my whole history. Yeah. Um, I'd really have to check because in medicine, the other thing is whether opera would smack my hand and say, "Okay, I have a story." Okay. Sorry, I totally go. jumped over you. Carry no, no, go. Going. No, no, sorry. So our neurologist, too many ADHD referrals, and so he is now having to um, justify 
And I don't know what I would have done without that referral. Yeah. Like, it has changed my life. It has changed many other people as well. Like, you know, it doesn't replace the need for psychological therapy or psychiatry, like, yeah. as part of a long-term coping strategy. Absolutely not. But if you can't get that for a year to two years... Like, just getting the diagnosis and access to medication. Like, medication has been l- just a utter game changer. I didn't take any yesterday. Yeah. What was that like, Lockie? I forgot. I forgot about it. Yeah. Amazing. It was It was dreadful. By yes. the end of the day, like, I was just... Be honest. Yeah. It was, it was awful. It was awful. And it still tell. was this morning. Like, and it yeah. wasn't... It's not a uh, addictive thing. It's the fact that I could feel my rage. I couldn't... I couldn't control like that emotional dysregulation, you know, yeah. and so I could feel it. And I was like, the reason it was awful is because I know I don't have to be like that now. Yeah. I can do something about yeah. that now. And, and so, I can always yeah. tell like the difference between just regular you and She Hulk. Like, she Hulk. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I am. I can always tell. And you'll be, and the, that first time when you were like, oh, I didn't take my tablet today, can you tell? And I was like, mm hmm. You, sh- you <laughs> how, I mean, how, how do I answer this knowing that you haven't taken your tablets? <laughs> No, I can tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that's like I can look back uh, again, being diagnosed 50 years and 10 months and looking back my life and and behavior and my poor husband who, um, you know, if I went, you know, one, the knives are not facing the right way in the drawer, not just knives, but, but they... They have, have to, they, be, have to, they have to be the same way. And things need to be in boxes and yeah. things need to be labelled and things need to be si- like that. No. I'm going to show you my pantry yeah, yeah. after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because it's, it's... it's. So you're looking at my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's see, dreadful. I'm yeah. desperate to redo it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, so focus. <laughs> um, so I, I can see how much an effect that has had on my marriage and sometimes my interactions with kids and sort of raging and then how exhausted I could be like Mm -hmm. medicine is really hard and GP is really hard and I don't see people for less than 15 minutes because there's no fucking way um I, I by the time I get home at the end of GP I am exhausted because I've listened to 20 people and and I, I love listening to all the people, but I'm being very sort of focused, listening, getting stuff thinking and doing some mm-hmm. masking as well. And my GP has said, hurry up and we'll get you off, send you off to us, the psychiatrist because I've got all the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I've got the neuropsych diagnosis. So I've got all that there. Nobody has to diagnose me. I've had it professionally done. Yeah. But in terms of, of going on and... Uh, stimulant medication would I, I need a psychiatrist an independent mm-hmm. one I need somebody also who possibly has not seen one of my patients so I yeah. may have to go to see so me. you can't see my neuro you can't see the no. neurologist because he's seen several of your patients yeah yeah um, and actually that ties into all of these questions that I have in this particular yep. group all tie into the answers you've just given. Can we given. have one? Yeah, no, I'm just gonna I'm yep. just gonna close the loop on this okay. because yeah, then that. these don't need to be asked. Yeah. But there was one saying, um, what's the law around getting referrals? If I ask for a referral to a specific personal clinic, do they have to write it? Too many times I hear of people's GPs deciding in a ten to fifteen minute appointment. Um, that everything's fine and the poor patient leaves like a leaves with no referral, feeling like a failure. I think we've covered that off. Um, and similarly, how can we be sure our GP's information or education is up to date? Um, lots of people receiving outdated or old-fashioned advice, particularly around women's health and nutrition. And, and so. it, because it's it's hard. It's sort of that hard really priority. Hard. If you if you got missed as a child, there's a medico in Canberra who is authorised to diagnose autism. Okay who's not a psychiatrist mm-hmm. or a pediatrician. Um, and he was trained by Tony, Professor Tony Atwood. Okay, who you mentioned earlier. Yeah, so he's the guru of especially girls with... He has some wonderful YouTube uh, videos. But he, the, the GPs in Canberra before COVID, they actually had this guy come in and give a talk about um, Asperger's and the difference between Asperger's or ASD-1, as we now call it, and ASD-2 and ASD-3, which have intellectual disability as part of it. We definitely want to get you back to talk about that in more depth at some point. And I'll review my research. Um, 
you've got to remind me so I have time to review yeah. stuff so I've got more knowledge at the forefront. Um, yeah. But he gave this big talk and one of the interesting things he said was, you know, it used to be that engineering and maths, engineering had the most Asperger's. Like my father was yeah. a computer and a nuclear electronics mm -hmm. uh, engineer. Like yeah. he taught me how to build my first nuclear warhead when I was nine because yeah. I asked how you do it and he <laughs> told me how to do it. Um, and the the idea was that now in medicine there are far more Asperger's. Mm -hmm. But, and these are all of us, are a group who have been missed because we're not the extreme. Right. So can I, can I, yeah. I want to come into this. So we keep saying Asperger's or Asperger's um, and ASD1 is what it's now called. Um, so Asperger's, I keep so many different ways of saying it. Asperger's just, is, however um, you like. Yeah, is, was previously high functioning, like, or to like so it was Asperger's instead like and that was the difference right it's like you were basically high functioning yeah and I'm saying it you can't see my quotation for those playing marks. at home there's a lot of air quotes <laughs> a lot of air that. quotes going on because yeah. it's bullshit and it was, All of that is bullshit. It was diagnosed yeah. by uh, got a doctor Asperger's yeah well let's not talk let's about talk about the but reason we had to change the name was because of his dreadful <laughs> awful Nazi connections which is why we don't call it Asperger's yeah. anymore uh, yeah. and, and it's and it's hard because it's there's so much separation right now between that time and and but he diagnosed these especially boys at the time because girls are not important they just no, they certainly marry weren't at the time called, this was pre-world war two right? yeah, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. certainly Th weren't important before, at the time this was actually I think before before Nazism, mm. he joined into that. So he actually did this diagnosis and said with, I paraphrase, but I can see the picture in my mind, um, if we did not have a world with these boys in it, we wouldn't have invention. I saw the same thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, mm. so, you know, there's a few of them in that, that area that we try, you know, a lot of medical terminology mm. is changing. Yeah. Um, I've forgotten the word for it, but, you know, naming a disease after a person, yeah. for example, because some of them were, you know... Either dreadful people. Dreadful mm. people at and one time in their life. And awful things to the people that they, they had to in scientific kind of... Well, I say have to, but that's how they made the diagnosis. Yeah. I mean, like, let's just say Freud, disgusting pervert. Like, I, I did two years of psychology um, a while ago, and then it was too much maths for me. I couldn't do it. What was I saying? Squirrel. What was I saying? I needed you there. Freud. Freud. Freud, dirty pervert. So he literally, like the Oedipus and the Ed Electra complex are gross. They're basically about how morality, for those people, we are totally doing the Freud side quest. It's happening, Freud side yeah. quest, jingle. But he, the Oedipus, he butchered the Oedipal myth. Yeah, so he did. He did. Totally. He, totally. He, but he, he was, was like, obsessed with sex. He was obsessed with sex and he locked himself in his lab with very young children and then came out off the lab and said, right, children at this age are anally fixated or orally fixated. You dirty, disgusting pervert. Glad he can't see me. His, dirty, gross his pervert. his mother didn't want a boy. Yeah. He said, gross. So, so we're talking a whole... Freud amazingly, he didn't become, um, a, you know, a psychopath. Yeah, well, he, I a think he was. Killer, but, but he was educated enough that he was able to hide it. Oh. Like, the Oedipus Complex, for those people who don't know, is basically... The, the whole premise of it is boys have more morality than girls because boys all want to shag their mum, but they're worried their dad will find out and chop their penis off. <laughs> girls all want to shag their dads, but they're worried that their mum will find out and withdraw love from them. The fear of losing a penis is greater than the fear of losing your mother's love. Therefore, boys are more honest than girls. The end. Fuck off, Freud. Like, seriously, I'm gonna, there's going to be psychologists out there and, going, and, that's not quite right. But it is. That's it, the TLDR version. It, it, it's, and if you actually look at the Oedipus myth, yeah. that's not... No, it's not Oedipus quite Oedipus didn't it. know he had married his mother. That's right. Because he was... 
put up in the mountains. But anyway, yeah. we digress. You yeah. had a question for I yes. feel like we've gone somewhere very deep. Yeah. Well, no, Freud is a twat and we can just get rid of him. In the bin. Freud well, in the bin. look at Skinner books, positive and negative reinforcement. Mm. And Skinner used to, he developed that using negative reinforcement by locking mm-hmm. his children in the closet. Disgusting, yeah. right? Psycho- yeah, anyway. But so, you yeah. didn't. Did. Yeah, we know better they now. Sue us now. We know better. Hey friends, thanks for listening. I'm a Freud. I'm going to have to cut this one off here. There's been a lot of penis cutting and eater pussing and I'm personally not real sure what's going on, but we have so much Dr. Die content we're rolling into a special episode, a part two that will release tomorrow so that we can all Dr. Die another day. Oh God. <laughs> Never should have let you do this one. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, everyone. Yes, thank you. Don't forget to edit that out. Um, don't forget to follow us on all the socials come back to wherever you found this podcast today and come and listen to us again i just want to say a very 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 quick hello five new countries this week i feel like netherlands are gonna be like hello hello (laughs) big hello to our listeners in the netherlands spain peru greece and poland we are so very very happy to have you join the octopus or is it the fish family i'm not quite sure but anyway welcome don't know how to say it in all those languages so i'm gonna stick with my one at the moment but yeah we will speak to you all tomorrow so even though we only we didn't do an episode last week you get a two for this week so thank you and we will see you tomorrow tune back bye This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal and Yambri people, and we pay respect to Mother Earth, the footprints that came before us, the ones we follow now, and the footsteps that will guide us long into the future.